one. There it is. <laughs> what up, ladies and love gents? That. Gotta love it. It is Wednesday hump day. It is. Whoop, whoop. Hey, you guys ever get stuck somewhere and not speak the language? Well, we got a solution for you today. Hit it, James. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros. <laughs> all right, all go, right. We got a good one today, James. It's time ready? for the fire intro. Whoop, whoop. Is it hump day already? Man, time flies. Today's guest is transcending time for weary travelers, making your life easier when you visit a non-English speaking country, whenever that's possible again. Our guest today developed <laughs> the software of the future. He brought together the latest artificial intelligence and speech recognition technology to develop a real-time language translation solution. Wow, that's a lot to say. And here's the most incredible part, though, about our guest story. He did all of this with absolutely no formal training in the technology space. So in spite of this obvious hurdle, our guest beat the odds and is the CEO and co-founder of Lingmo International. We're excited to have in our midst today a keynote speech speaker and inspirational leader welcome to the show danny danny welcome to the program thanks guys serious incredible story welcome to the show we're excited to hear from you oh thank you (laughs) all right so uh first of all Anytime I talk to anybody who doesn't know Spanish, for example, you may have English and Spanish. I'm in San Diego, so Spanish is uh, you know, one of the, the secondary languages here. All they ever know are the curse words. So <laughs> it, that's just how it happens. So James, I, I, I made this little clip just for you, just so we can get an idea of the sense of language. Shit, language. Wait a second. No one else is gonna deal with the fact that Cap just said language. I know. <laughs> language that's too good that's too what good. a struggle language right? <laughs> and it's just funny because I, I have um, friends that, that may not speak spanish but the only words they know are the curse words and so you know <laughs> denny tell me a little bit about your your struggle man how did how did this thing come about your story has something to do with you being stuck in china yeah yeah so originally so i'm a plumber um plumber by trade and i was in china to uh to find some products um to sell in australia for a company i was working for and literally the first time i've ever been there within four hours my passport was stolen and from that i went up to a police officer um I, he didn't speak a word of english so i downloaded a, a translation app at the time and said hello how are you into it you know nice and simple just to start the conversation off and it actually translated and come out, hello, I love you. <laughs> so Oops. needless yeah, that, to say, he wasn't impressed. No, that was that awkward <laughs> feeling, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, you're, you're like asking a legit question. He's looking at you like you're crazy. Yeah, he had his hand on his gun and everything. And, and the colleague <laughs> I was with was ra- running down the street. And I knew it was all bad. I just knew. <laughs> So how'd you get by, man? Like you're stuck in China, you you don't speak Chinese, you don't speak Mandarin. Like what? How do you get by? 
it, it was a struggle at that point. I only wanted to get to the Australian consulate to get my pass, to get a new passport to get out of the country. Um, so, you know, after about 10 minutes, the police officer was, he was okay. He got the, you know, seen the funny side of it, thank God. And, um, you know, pointed me towards a consulate, which it was in Shanghai. And anyone who's been to Shanghai knows how big that was. And I was panicking, thinking, geez, it could be four hours down the road. It was literally 100 metres. It took me five minutes to walk there. So, you know, got out of the country and then just really thought. And the, 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 the app that I downloaded then was a big, you know, big name app. And just thought, you know, how many other people are having the same issue and, and really dissected the, the language translation industry and, and sort of um, come up with Lingmo. So, but you didn't have a technical background, dude. Like you, you're a plumber by trade. How does a plumber, uh, other than maybe a you know Mario brother, turn into uh, <laughs> something digital like that? Um, a lot of late nights learning. You know, self teaching myself what I need to know. So I, I you know, I, I assembled a, a um, you know a pretty good team, kick ass team in in out of um, Middle East, and they helped me learn what I needed to know. Um, as simple as that. Um, you know, I. Uh, outside of language translation, artificial intelligence, I, I know bits and pieces, but I really just knuckled down on what I needed to to learn to take this to the next level. Um, and it was quite, you know, when you when when you broke it down on where the issue went wrong when in my in my um, scenario in China was it was the speech recognition. It, you know, the company was focusing on the translation part, and they did really good at the translation part. But if the input wasn't uh, wasn't correct, it snowballs. So that's where I really learned and, and just and focused on that area and um, and perfected what I needed to know. I don't code. I did start to learn to code and any coders out there, you guys are unique. I, I just, <laughs> no, I it oh, it is. Well, I mean, I, you mentioned something important, the speech recognition. That's a tough thing. Like I don't even, I, I'm, I couldn't code in like I can barely type stuff right I mean I love yeah. my speech to text on like Google for example I can take my yeah. speech to text but you know for it to translate to other languages first of all like I'm in California I have that dude surfer accent I know when you're listening to me that's the accent that I have when I hear you yeah. you got that hard Australian accent right so yeah. all these different even though we're speaking English those are completely different dialects of English the way we say certain things the way we enunciate uh, you know whatever wherever we put emphasis on words what's it like trying to code something like that trying to put together a project where you know that's just you and I language what about English in the UK what about English spoken by Indians English spoken by you know Asians all kinds of different stuff and that's just English to another language what about me trying to speak in Spanish or me trying to speak in Mandarin or how do you even begin to do something like that it's a big project. It is. It's, it, it's, you know, the nuances and dialects, you know, as you said, Australian to, um, to UK or, or US, you know, we've got the different slang, you know, g'day mate and, and stuff like that. So you've, you've got to, you know, when we, when we first started it, we trained it in the formal sense of the language and then really built on top of that. So if we, if we went in and, and started trying to work on all the nuances and dialects in each language, the project would still be going now. We wouldn't be to market. So we really just focus on the formal side and then add to it. And that's where the artificial intelligence comes in. It helps us train um, the, the nuances and dialects a lot faster. And, you know, when, when our services are used all around the world, we pick, it picks up new nuances and dialects. And then and it, it, it only improves. The more, more that goes into it, the, the, the faster it improves. 
Well, let me ask you, I've, uh, when it comes to creating apps or creating programs, um, it, it, they have a huge reputa- reputation for being a large money pit where you might have one of the greatest ideas out there. Um, it might solve some of the greatest problems, but it costs so much to bring to market. Uh, what are some of the hurdles you've come across when you're developing your 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 uh, your systems, your your processes, your apps, your you know all the, you know hiring your teams, you know what what kind of goes into it, and how do you bring something like that to market without going broke? Um, it's it's hard. It, it is it's really hard. So you just got to really pinpoint and focus on on the areas that um you you really need to concentrate on to to get your product to market. So. In the early days, we really focused heavily on the consumer side. So um, consumer apps, we had, um, you know, the first, well, first independent e-piece that's translated, um, you know, smartwatches. And then we pivoted 18 months ago to really focus on enterprise solutions. Um, and and making it, I think the biggest thing in that shift was putting the money in the right places to make our products scale so we're not so hands-on with it. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, we all we're doing is updating. So we've we've built our products now to be scalable. So anyone can come onto a website um, that has a chatbot, for example, and just inter- and 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 for thirty forty dollars a month, they can um, integrate our translation solutions into their chatbot, and it's um, it's bilingual in eighty languages. So we've made it scalable like that. I think that's what you really we really focus on um, with the consumer and hardware market. That's where you can sink so much money into it. Like you, you, your product development, you've got. Um, prototypes, you've got all that. So anyone that's sort of going out and starting the business, you've got to really think about the end goal. And, you know, even, and I was told it when we first started, you know, hardware is hard, you know, it costs a lot of money to to, to produce. And and you sit there and go, yeah, yeah, I've heard this before, but I'm going to give it a go. Until you actually do it, you realise how much effort and money goes into the hardware. So we really... You know, I, I met with a um, one of the head guys at a big company um, when we first started. We, we were introduced to a lot of people. That's how we how we learnt. And he said, focus on the technology, get that right before you put it into hardware. And that's what we really did. So it's just focusing the energy into the right spots um, and assembling the team. You know, I've no, we've got probably one of the best team. I'll put them up against any team in the in any big company we've got a really good team that we focus on the right areas and um and we're starting to see the success of that now danny how does a plumber from australia scale a company in the tech space i want to you you must have had some some major hurdles you must have you know decided this is the last toilet i'm i'm ever gonna (laughs) be in front of I mean, I know you were you were in China uh, looking for products, so I'm I'm pretty sure it was a different space uh, in the plumbing in the plumbing world. But how do you transition from there and and leave the consistency of that paycheck to go over and do something that there is no guarantee? Supportive family. Uh, I mean, I've got a wife that's really supportive, um, and obviously I've got I've got three kids as well. So you know, it's 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 having a supportive family and, and, you know, go from plumbing, the transition from plumbing to tech. Um, you know, it's, it is a bit of a funny story because when we first started, I actually told no one I was a plumber because I didn't want to, when we went, you know, when, when oh, I went and seen angel investors in the early days and stuff and they all knocked me back um, before I brought my partners on um, because I didn't have the tech knowledge. And um, so we actually sold our house to put the money in to have the MVP. And, Apart from that, until we sort of started getting some notoriety, you know, um, people seeing our products and and what they were, what they were, how they were built, and the 
accuracy of them, no one knew I was a plumber. I just kept that to myself because I didn't want to see that as, as sort of, you know, oh, you're a plumber, we're not going to take you seriously. Um, so I actually made out look like I've been in the industry for a long time. And then we did uh, a big press release with our earpiece, which, it, it, you know, we had the heading Australian Plumber Invents Translation Earpiece. And that went around the world, you know. It was in, you know, 37 of the top 40 business magazines around the world. So that's where we really got the success and started to um, people taking us, you know, to the next level and seeing how good we are. And then that's where really the story come out. Well, but I, I want to dig a little deeper because, I mean, I, I'll tell you what, I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're like the average Joe doing the whole plumber job. You have a bad experience, which when people travel, they have bad experiences. Part of the memory of what an event is or what a vacation is, is going through the bad experiences. I lost my luggage. You know, I didn't book the number of days in the hotel or whatever. We all have issues that happen. But you turn around and you take that bad experience and you you start to develop a side hustle. And then somehow you, you know, the biggest venture capitalist that you could have sold is your spouse, right? You you literally were like, babe, this is going to be the next big thing. And this is where I'm going to focus all my attention on. I'm leaving my job that I have security on and I'm doing this full time. Yeah. By the way, can we sell the house? Like, yeah. <laughs> come, like I got to know, like, you know, how, how does, how do you, how do you, justify that like at, at what point did you say i am ready to go full force into this it's having the right team behind me that's what it's pretty much what it was you know I, I had a couple of you know ventures you know i was dabbling here and there in the tech side of it and that's how i got onto. so our developers are, um, are based in pakistan they've been with me for, for 10 years and we're doing stuff before this um it, it's having the team behind me so i, I learned in those those earlier businesses that you know, and a lot of entrepreneurs have go through the same thing where I created it in the early businesses. I created this. I don't want to give anything away. It's mine. Why should I give 20% to someone that did nothing? Hmm. This business, I really, uh, like with with, um, the, with Lingmo, I really had a different approach. It's, it wasn't about trying to make as much money as we could in the early days. It was about helping people um, and then, you know, and bringing the right people on. So, you know, the first person I brought on was, um, was my business partner, Darren, and he... He's also not from the tech industry, but he um, he helped me commercialize the product. So I knew where my weaknesses were. Um, and my weakness was I could build the product, but commercialize it to sell it into the um, global marketplace. That's where I fell short. Um, and then we brought another one of our partners on, Peter, and he helped us gain access to um, investors. So it's about bringing the right people on at the right time um, to take it to the next level. And that's what I really learned from the earlier businesses that didn't succeed to what we've done now. So you were you were taking in account, into account some of those things where you were struggling beforehand. So you've done a couple other business ventures, entre, other entrepreneurial journeys um, that obviously didn't uh, either pique your interest or, or reach the level of success that you that you wanted to until you came across this. What were some of those uh, other ventures, and and what were some of the lessons you learned from that? You know, one of the, the businesses was, so they were all side hustles, still doing plumbing at the um, same time. So that was one of the things that I, I learned was, you know, you do your side hustle until you start getting momentum. Then you you um, you look at taking it on full time, not leave full time and, and you know, sort of hoping the, you know, jump out of plane, hoping the parachute opens by the end. So I, I kind of, that's one of the lessons that I learned. But one of the companies was, it was, it was just when Instagram, you know, got bought by Facebook for a billion dollars. Um, it was like a, everyone decided to have a photo sharing app because they could, you know, think mm -hmm. that they didn't see the side hustle and they could sell it to a company for a billion dollars. So that's, it was, um, it was, you know, 
a photo where you could add um, text overlay to photos in any script or any language um, back then. And purely this, the sole purpose of that business I created that was to make money, was mm. Instagram bought it. And I wasn't thinking about the problem, um, and that was probably one of the biggest lessons. Is because you know you hear all these, um, you hear all the the successful people like you know Steve Jobs and you know your Bill Gates and, and everyone like that say that you've got to be passionate about what you do and not think you know the money will come if you're passionate about it. And that is, it's really it's it's true, and it's hard work. So if you're just thinking about something for the money, you once it gets hard, you're gonna go, well, I'm gonna give up on this, and that's exactly what I did. It got hard, and then go, well. Um, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to continue with this. And then that's what really changed the focus for Lingmo. That's a big, that's a big, uh, almost like a maturity thing when it comes, you know, we mature as individuals, as people, right? You know, as a young age, we make all kinds of mistakes in our youth. We try all kinds of crazy stuff. We do, you know, maybe for guys a little bit, you know, later that we mature than, than, than women do. But there comes that sense of maturity also in business where at first we're like, I'm going to just, this is going to be my next thing. I remember being 25 and in my first business going to the insurance agent and and she's like, Oh, you guys are doing well. I'm like, hell yeah, we're doing well. We're going to be the next, you know, billionaire kids right here. That's what's, that's what's going on (laughs) right here. By 25, I'm not gonna have to work a day in my life. Um, but you have to go through some of these experiences to realize um, how humbling some of these things are, you know, where where people of of a certain level of a certain experience are telling you, slow down, take your time, talk to your clients, ask them what they need. And we kind of skip those things just because we want to hit that fast forward button and collect that check. Yeah. Uh, you, you seem to have uh, established that experience pretty well. What kind of advice would you give you know, a younger version of you, if you can go back and do some of this stuff over again, you know, now knowing what you know, now that you're the older guy in the neighborhood (laughs) with the experience, what would you share? I guess it's focus on, on the problem and, and, you know, you, you've just got to be passionate about it because, you know, as I said, in the early days, I was after, I want to start a business for the money. And, you know, especially now, startups are the rage, you know, entrepreneurship. That's what people want to do. Um, and it's, people are thinking about the money and not the process. So it's more, you know, if I was going back and go, okay, there's process, you, you're going to have your ups and downs. There's a lot more downs than there is ups in the early days. Um, and once you get to the ups, you know, bring people along with the along on the ride with you you know your team give give you you know i couldn't have done this with a team you know i'm the one doing all the interviews and stuff but there's people behind the scenes that that do probably more work than what i do um to get the product to market and and iterate you know integration and stuff and and, and i guess it's be humble you know um people give advice you know like um my team say no i, I come with a you know i'm the crazy idea person i come with the crazy ideas and they say, no, we can't do that because X, Y, and Z. And you go, okay, but why? And I ask questions and they end up just going, we can't do it because course of this. And you go, okay, no problems. So you've got to trust the people. that That's why you bring people on that are smarter than you to, um, to, to take you to the next level. Hiring a team, you hear that a lot. People talk about you know bringing on the right partners, bringing on the right employees, putting people in the right seats. I mean, a lot of that in theory. I mean, just just saying it totally makes sense. And yet in practice, it's a whole different ball game. You can bring someone on and realize, man, this person's a cancer. You can bring someone on and realize maybe their skill level is not where I want them to be. You can bring someone on and they're awesome, and you realize you suck at managing people. 
there's a lot of aspects to bringing on the right team. How did you know you had the right people? And what did you do when you realized you, you had somebody that maybe wasn't a good fit? I think the the biggest thing was knowing that I had the right team was, um, you know, in the early days when we're designing and, and um, had the prototypes of our hardware, you know, there was a lot of hard days. There was things going wrong. Um, and there were, I remember there was one instance where there was um, something with our earpiece that we, we designed that didn't slightly work. And, you know, it was we felt like it was the end of the world, like in one afternoon. Next morning, everyone just sat down. We worked out the issues and... Um, next thing you know, we had the product to market in, in, you know, in two months. So that's where it was kind of, you know, you got the right team. Um, early days, you know, people, you bring the, the, the guys along for the ride, like the de- our developers and stuff. And it's just about, um, you know, the crazy ideas coming to fruition. They don't think anything's crazy. So that's where, when you know you've got the right team, you know, if you sit there and you go, I want to do this, and they go, kept, you keep hearing no, no, no from your team. You go, well, okay, well, maybe it's not the right team, but you go, go with a crazy idea and they go, well, yeah, because that's how we've, we've sort of differentiated ourselves. We, we've thought outside the box. Um, if we kept thinking inside the box, we'd be the same as every other company. But we thought outside the box because of, you know, we, we're, t- we're using the assets that we have, which is, you know, myself and it, it not being, you know, um, coming from the tech industry, I can actually challenge the status quo with our developers on on things that they think inside the box um, on, on a development side. And I go, well, why can't we do it X, Y, and Z? And we try it and it ends up working. And, and, you know, that's, that's, I guess, a big difference. Yeah. That's one of those things. Uh, when you, when you talk to people who are of like mind, when a problem persists, you have two types of people, the ones that are going to say, no, we can't do that. And the other ones that say, how can we do that? Right. And the, how can we do that is the innovation phase. That's where, that's the type of team that you definitely want in, in something where that's very outside the box thinking, because you're right. It doesn't exist yet. We have to make some modifications for it to, to come to fruition. But when you have that vision in front of you and you do take those steps with your team, that's where that, that magic happens. That's where you, all of a sudden you have something that people know and they like it and it's you, it's very user-friendly because you've asked those deep questions of your customer base. You know what they're looking for. You know, you try to make it as intuitive as possible. And then they're looking to accept you as the norm. This is the status quo. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. It's, 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 that, that's kind of where we where we've got where we are now. It's taking it to the to the to the next level and challenging the status quo. You know, you just not if we if we're the same as every other company, and we were in the early days with our consumer products and stuff um, with our apps. It was really hard that we we learned. You know, how do we differentiate ourselves? You know, we've got um, big companies that can give the software away for free, but we're going to charge it because we're a smaller company. You know, we're a startup. We need to make revenue um, and to put into our other products. So. That's why we really went into the business. Uh, we worked out the business enterprise side of it, um, providing language translation there, so businesses can communicate with their customers. That's where we, you know, we're focusing now because we're challenging the status quo in that industry, and because of COVID now, um, you know, a lot of people are doing everything online. They've got to communicate, ordering, you know, ordering a pair of shoes. I could order a pair of shoes from um from dubai and the other company there's only um types in arabic so our translation solution i type in english they get in arabic so we can communicate and 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 they can have a customer and they can and um, i can buy a product and the whole idea is for it to be seamless right so if i'm ordering and talking to tech support and typing away on my computer i'm getting a response in the language that i understand they're getting the text in the language that they understand nobody even knows you exist in the in-between and you know you're doing your job right 100%. Yeah, that's that's it. We, we want to be, 
we want to feel like someone's communicating in their own language. So I want them to feel that I'm speaking in, uh, typing in Arabic when I'm talking in English, all in all right. real time. All right, let's take a little quick break here. Yeah, it's that time for Ham's Insurance Tip of the Day. And today I got a question for you. Was your business affected by COVID? Well, here's what you want to do. Now, whether you agree with the experts or not about the validity of COVID-19, all right, the coronavirus pandemic has hurt our economy. And for some, it's been downright devastating. Lots of business took a big hit and either stopped services altogether or went to minimal operations, leading to huge drops in sales and, unfortunately, employee layoffs. So what many business owners did not know is that their insurance policies are based on these two major factors, gross revenue and payroll. So with these significant reductions in sales salaries, insurance companies have been offering to lower premiums as much as 30% without any review to help small businesses get through these difficult times. So if you haven't already, be sure to talk to your agent about reviewing your annual, annual gross sales and payroll and get some relief from your insurance company today. If you have any questions or need any more advice, give us a call at Pipeline Insurance, 877-928-9994 and follow me on Twitter at InsuranceBroHam. All right, Ham, let's stay on here. Let's stay on here. Here we are. Danny, I want to get to know you a little bit better. Um, I've known you for 25 minutes, so let's see if we can play two truths and a lie. You ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Two truths and a lie. So it's pretty simple, Danny. You're going to tell us three things. Two of them are truths. One of them is a lie. And James and I are going to see if, based on the 26 minutes that we've known you, if we can decipher which one is the lie. Okay. Um, okay so that was 26 on the dot. 20. Okay. Um, so I, before plumbing, I used to be a carpenter. Okay. Um, I enjoy doing karaoke a lot. So every time I'm at a pub, I do karaoke. And my favorite sport that I played when I was a kid was rugby union. Man. Oh, man. These are tough because you can definitely see the carpenter side if you go to plumbing, right? I mean, you, there's finishing. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, okay, that yeah, makes yeah. sense. I mean, you're Australian, so like rugby is it also makes sense, right? Yep, yeah. yep, yep. But the karaoke? Mm. I love karaoke. Maybe you don't like karaoke so much. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with carpenter. I'm gonna. I'm gonna call that one. That one a lie. Uh, I'm gonna say that you just went straight into plumbing. It's probably generational. Um, you know what? Rugby. The rugby makes I'm, sense. I'm gonna. And I'm gonna I'm go with the rugby. Lynn. You're gonna rugby. go with the rugby. All I'm right. gonna go with oh, the rugby. Well. I'm gonna say, you know what? I mean, just because you're Australian, that's a stereotype. <laughs> all right, doesn't mean nothing. You know, you just got to be all against the stereotypes these days, huh? I mean, you know, I'm Mexican, but I never played soccer. They didn't care for it. All right, you know? fair, no, fair. Like yeah. All okay. right, yeah. all right, Danny, okay. what is it? Karaoke. I hate oh! karaoke. <laughs> 
We suck again. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Oh man. So let me ask you this though. I'm not a fan of karaoke. <laughs> okay, so let, but 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 if you're not a fan of karaoke, maybe you're like me. I don't like to get behind a mic and sing, which is kind of weird because I do this all day yeah. long, right? Yeah. Uh, but I'll throw on jams in my car and I'll sing the whole six hour, seven hour, eight hour road trip. Like I'm just jamming out and singing songs the whole time. Is that you too? I'll do it by myself. I've, I've only ever done karaoke once and that was after a few beverages. <laughs> fair, <laughs> fair, very fair. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. I, I, I get a little, a little weird behind a microphone and I've done parodies. Yeah. believe it or not. So it's kind of weird. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just don't uh, like hearing myself sing. That's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. If I didn't hear myself, I'd probably do it a lot. But if I hear myself, <laughs> I won't do it. <laughs> What's your go-to music? What's your go-to music? Uh, bon Jovi, actually. Bon Jovi. Nice. Yeah. All right, all right. All right, so you did play rugby? Yep. Yeah, I um I played up until 10 years ago, actually. Wow. Yeah, nice. Semi-professional and that. So, yeah. Yeah, I got what? really into it. Nice. So what happened there? Why didn't you go that route? Did you decide uh, my body's like uh, taking a beating too much or? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. Um, but I also had some influence from the wife as well because that's when I was doing plumbing. So I was getting injured a lot and I was on people's roofs and, and stuff. So there was a good possibility I'm limping on a roof I could fall off. So mm. um, yeah, so I gave up when my youngest son was born. Uh, you miss it? Yeah, I do. The kids play it. I help them out at, at, um, during their sports now. They keep coming up to me. So I've got, you know, three boys under 12. So they come up to me and uh, and say, Dad, we want to watch you play. I say, no, no, Mum won't let me. But now the wife <laughs> said, well, uh, you can play now because you, you're not on a roof. I go, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, now you got to get back into it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so are we going to see Coach Danny? Um, I've, I've coached in the early days and that was actually where I got into um, the confidence for public speaking because if you don't have the confidence in public speaking go coach a under six um, rugby rugby union team and you'll get the full truths of what you're doing wrong and how you're speaking and everything so <laughs> from if you, the, if you, the kids right from yeah. the kids so if you have self-confidence issues when you're public speaking go coach a uh, football team and <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll get over it they'll tell you everything <laughs> Yeah, it's funny how adults are, are really nice about it. I, yeah. I, I get I get weird things like, oh, you have a perfect voice for radio. And I'm like, so you're trying to say you shouldn't look at my face? <laughs> you don't want to see that, me on video? I've heard that one too. So, <laughs> <laughs> so funny, man. All right, I got, I got one more little segment for us here. Danny, you've been doing some public speaking. You've been going on a number of different podcasts. I want to know what your experience was like with the Business Bros podcast. It was awesome. I love the the feeling of just having a conversation. You know, when you go on a podcast and you get just, you know, it's just me talking and questions. I love the interaction and and the fun. I just love it being fun. So it's been awesome. What'd you think of, uh, I mean, I, I've, I've done a couple tours. What'd you think of our like whole branding, the little segment pieces we throw in? Is it too much, too little? Nah, nah, it's perfect. I love it. It breaks it up. And it and especially when I'm listening to podcasts or I'm watching it, um, I like when it's broken up and, you know, you see all, all um, you know, ads and, you know, some fun things thrown in there. It's not all about the, you know, the product and, and stuff like that. So, no, it's been fantastic. 
Awesome, man. Well, hey, I want to take thank you for taking the time because I know you're on a, a actually you're in Australia, so it's yep. technically uh Thursday for you, right? We were saying Thursday. Wednesday hump day, but it's th- Thursday for I'm, you. I've already gone through hump day, so <laughs> <laughs> I always love talking to people in the future. It, yeah, it, it just feels a totally different. It gets a whole different vibe. So for you, we're gonna throw up our little banner. Normally on Thursdays for you, we do S H I T. So happy it's Thursday. So just because it's Thursday to our guests, we're gonna throw that up there so hump day for the rest of you but for for those of you in australia so happy it's thursday (laughs) (laughs) Uh, thank you all right daddy well thanks a lot man for coming on the show we really appreciate it ladies and gents we'll be on again in our real thursday time tomorrow at 4 p.m (laughs) sharp (laughs) that's all we got for you guys today peace thanks bye-bye and we're out Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the Business Bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the Insurance Bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation. Or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.